Blog Talk Radio. Long years I have lived there. My life had no meaning till I heard about Calvary. Then I knelt down in prayer. The Lord met me there. Now Jesus is living. Come back, come on 
come back on Regional um, uh, Radio International. Wow. You know, we, we, we missed all of you out there. We missed all of you out there. You know, and uh, just want to let you know that um, my friend, Apostle Edward, is, is, is right with me. Amen? Amen. Amen. And tonight, we're going to be talking about going deeper in Jesus in three. And uh, our scripture verse is 1 Thessalonians. Five twenty-three. Amen. So I'm Amen. Uh, turn it over to my my my, my brother, Apostle Edward, and uh, he's going to um, go to that scripture, go to that scripture, and uh, and just run through that scripture and what exactly what it means. All right. Amen. Good evening, everybody. It's really a Privilege and honor to be back. We missed you all. It's been a couple months now, and we just thank God that we're back here to share the Word of God. And much has been happening since this time. God's been moving a mighty way, and things have just been getting better for us. So just been opening up more, more chance, reaching more people, and it's just been happening in a greater way. And it will happen that way as time goes on. Uh, if you have your Bibles, as Apostle. Uh, Apostle Roy said right here, uh, turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. Most of you probably have it now. Very powerful scripture. It says, And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, let's look at that. Let's kind of break that down. It said, And the very God of peace sanctify you holy, separate you holy as a separate man, woman of God, as a separate vessel for him. You see, he sets you aside. He said, I pray your spirit, your whole spirit, your whole soul, your whole body is preserved, set aside, blameless, pleasing to God unto the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. If we will stand before him, he will say, well done, and now faithful servant. Well done, now good and faithful servant. And you know, what it boils down to and what we're really going to be entering into tonight, this whole program, is simply we are to be one with ourselves. We are three parts, just like God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. We are made up of a spirit, of a soul, and a body. First of all, the spirit is the real us, the part that when we receive Jesus Christ is born again, the one that will live forever, our spirit. That is uh, first of all, and that's where we hear from God. That's where God speaks to us through. He doesn't speak to us through our bodies or our minds. He speaks to us through the Spirit, and we communicate with him. Secondly is our soul. Our soul is our intellect, our mind, our will, everything connected. You see, in the pattern, it's what we're connected with, like the scriptures and everything that we learn, we, we go forth with, we make decisions with. That's what our soul is, our being, our very living being. Now, our body is simply what we see with one another. And we look, uh, see body, we see men, women. Uh, that's what it is. That's the body. Now, the thing about it is what we have to recognize, it all begins in the spirit. When God speaks, it begins in the spirit man. And we're going to address each one. We're going to address the spirit, just what that is and how do we do that and what are we supposed to do? What's the word say about that with the spirit? 
then we'll go to the soul, and then we'll go to the body. And first off, Brother Roy and I will talk about the spirit. Now, the spirit, we have a spirit. When we received Jesus Christ, we got saved. We were born of the spirit, the Holy Spirit and our spirit. Now, the first thing that we have to remember about the spirit is we need by our spirit to be closer to the Lord, to hear his voice by the Holy Spirit. Our spirit must be open to the Holy Spirit for what he has to say to us, you see. Because what the Father says to Jesus, and Jesus says to the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit says to us, it comes down from Father God. So we must have our spirit man open continually, 24-7. And what it boils down to when it says pray without ceasing, it doesn't mean be on your knees or even praying, actually praying all the time. It means to, we pray in there 24-7, we do it as, as the Spirit directs and the occasion comes, but we keep our radio on, so to speak, or our spirit turned on, because many times uh, I've experienced whether I'm watching television, whether I'm driving the car, might be taking a shower, might be doing anything, and God will speak to me about something. He might give me a revelation about something or a word about something or direct me to pray about something or give me an answer to something. So what that simply means is that you are available 24-7 always without call. In other words, we're there. Just like God, he's available 24-7 to us, okay? Well, he wants us to avail ourselves 24-7 to him and to what's around us, you see. So we need to be open, and like the scripture says, be open in and out of season, in season and out of season. Some of the times are inconvenient that we keep our spirit, keep our spirit man open and God would say something to us or situations would arise that we just aren't too keen about, like getting up at 2 o'clock in the morning, getting a phone call, or maybe uh, when you're eating or something, something comes up and you have, a, have to make a, a, a dash towards somewhere, something is going on. But to be available, you see, to be on call, because the thing about it is, it isn't always the time we want. So many times people, uh, they want to make like a 9 to 5 type situation, but it's not that way. In other words, the times that we don't feel like doing it, maybe we're going through some things ourselves, and we say, well, this is inconvenient for me, but we're to be instant in and out of season. That's when things are going great for us. That's when things really aren't going so good because we have to learn and be mature in our walks uh, for us hearing from the Spirit of God that we're ready to obey. And when we're dealing with things, and I don't want to get ahead of myself here, but uh, many people have issues themselves. We all have issues and things and challenges we face. But in the midst of those challenges, you can have some call-outs, people have needs, we can't say, well, I'm so bogged down myself here, I just can't help that person. Because we have to learn, if we're going to be a servant and a mighty man, a woman of God, we have to learn to how to believe God for ourselves in the situations we face and be able to put them in the hands of God that we are free and ready to go to help others. Because we can, we can say, well, hey, I'm hurting myself. I have to lay in my own hurts and wounds and everything. But we have to learn how to believe God and trust God and go ahead. Prime example, Apostle Paul in jail. That was a rough time for him, wasn't it? But yet, he wrote most of his books there, a lot of his books, and you wouldn't have known if he was in the Taj Mahal or in jail the way it sounded, you see. So he was instant in and out of seat, and he didn't show like, oh, me, woe is me, I'm in jail, oh, I'm suffering. But they were even praising the Lord. You look at the book of Acts, the 16th chapter, they praised the Lord, they were worshiping the Lord in the midnight hour, and what happened? The cells opened, didn't they? 
So you see, that's a prime example in spite of our circumstances. Be content by your circumstance in whatever state you're in, which simply means no matter what my state is in life or what my circumstances are, I'm not content with the negative circumstances to keep them, but I have the victory and the joy of the Lord in spite of them. In other words, in spite of your circumstances, have the joy and the peace of God and continue with life, you see. That's what that means, to be content in what state you're in. It doesn't mean mean content to be sick or in in problems and situations you're just plagued with, but it means to have committed to God, have the victory over them, believe in God for them, and then just walk with the joy of the Lord in your heart, knowing everything's taken care of, and go about God's business, you see. That's what it is. But many times people will not do that. They will... They will go by their circumstances and they say, well, I'm just not up to it now. I just don't feel like it now. It's just not a good time. But uh, God doesn't know a good time. In fact, I, I, before I turn over to Brother Roy, I have to say something here. And I'll tell you what I mean by that. When I first got saved back in 1970, my wife and I, God dealt with me about tithing in 1971. Ten and a half, I was out uh, ten and a half months, I guess, in the Lord. I, I don't know exactly how long it was, but all I know, I was laid off from work. Uh, I couldn't find a job because I had a great job. It was a, a, mass, a lot of us were laid off from work at Mack Truck. It was a great job, and nobody would hire us because we had a good job there. So in the midst of it, our unemployment ran out, and we had to go on welfare. I had to get food stamps. I needed $125 a week to live. But I was getting $87 with food stamps, and I had a wife and three children at home. Now, that's not a lot of money, is it? So I was almost $40 short, $38. But guess what? God said, I want you to start tithing. Now, that doesn't make sense. You know, I, I had $87 and need one and a quarter and tithe off of that. Left, that left me about $75. But God said, no, I want you to tithe. I needed money more. I needed to give it. It would appear by the human natural mind, right? I did that, and for six months, I didn't get one dime behind my bills. I ate good. Everything went great. I lived as good as I've been working. But God used various ways and instruments to get money to me and take care of what needed to be taken care of. So God showed me there in my early stages as a Christian that, hey, no matter what the season the time is, follow me, and you're taken care of. You don't have to rely on your own ability or what you think or certain things like your job or whatever it is to meet your need. I'm going to meet your need if you follow me, you see. He said, I'll supply all your needs. He showed that, and he shows himself mighty uh, by doing things like that. In the inopportune times, we do something, and everything turns out better than it would have been if we were doing it the way we wanted to do it. So that's, that's just a little testimony in there, but I, I didn't want to get off the track of the Spirit. But when you're led of the Spirit, you're led to do some things sometimes that makes no kind of sense. But Ecclesiastes says, the book of Ecclesiastes says, there's many of a week of the time to sow and everything just has to be right. But it says those people will never reap either. Because if you wait for your time to do things when it's convenient in your mind or what you think, uh, it won't be blessed. Because God likes to have you do it the inconvenient time. Even like Elijah and the lady that had a, had a child, you know, they had one cornmeal and oil left, one meal, and they were going to die. So what did the man of God Elijah do? He went to them and he asked for that meal. Now that lady could have said, no, we're going to keep our meal and eat it because we're going to die. We only have one meal left. But he said, no. He said, you know, they give it to him. And they did. And what happened in that story? Over a year they had, they never ran out of oil, never ran out of meal, you see. So God shows himself in those things. But here's where we're talking about the spirit, folks. In other words, your spirit 
hears from God by the Holy Spirit. And what we get sometimes, you see, it makes no kind of sense, and it appears really like we're going to lose on this deal. Man, we're going to sink if this doesn't work. But when God speaks, it's a sure thing, you see. So I, I, that's kind of a little start we'll get on that. We're just kind of hitting the surface of it. But uh, when the Spirit of God speaks to you, he speaks to your spirit like that. And then, of course, it's up to us to cooperate. And, of course, the other two faculties have to be in operation, too, which they were at that time. We'll talk about that as we go on. But it's a, it's a process. It's really a process that we go through all the time because we're always making a choice one way or another to say something or do something. And are we making the right choices, are we making the God choices, you say? What do you think about that, uh, Apostle Roy? Yeah, I'm in agreement with you 100% on that. And, you know, I mean, the thing is that um, we are, like, you know, like you said, the spirit, soul, and the body, right? Now, yes. the thing about it is, um, the thing about it, brother, is um, the soul, which is the mind, will, and emotion, okay? So our, mm-hmm. our, um, I put the power in, put this. So our um, thing must be, right? So mm-hmm. the mind, the mind, we want to have the mind of Christ. And that's what we're striving for, right? The mind of Christ. Right. Right? Right. We want to, we want to walk in God's perfect will. Amen? That's right. But the, but the uh, bottom line, Apostle uh, Edward, there is we don't want to be, we don't want to be, we want to walk by faith and not by sight. That's right. 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 So if we take the three of them, the spirit, the soul, and the body, where are we so grow? Mm-hmm. Right? Right. Where are we still grow? Okay? That's right. Now, the, 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 the um, soul itself, the soul itself, see, our greatest, our greatest enemy is not Satan. Because according to the Bible, it so we have authority and power over him. Mm-hmm. He's under our feet. Right, bro? Right. Our greatest enemy is us. That's right. We are good. Because where we so, how we so, and what we so into, what we so into, it's either going to move, it's either going to move us ahead in the Lord, or, or we're just going to stay in, in, in the world. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. Well, the whole key is, as brothers and sisters, you know, if we're family out there, your family out there, the, the, the excuse me, the soul will move towards the spirit, but also the soul can move between move toward the flesh. Sure. Like if, if, we're just a, if we're just a mediocre Christian, and we're just in our comfort zone, not in the combat zone, and we're just going along, you know, like la, 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 
that storm will move move towards the flesh. See, this is where, and what you're saying, uh, like it begins, knowing where it begins, but before we even get into any of those things, the bottom line, we're reminded in Romans 12, 1 and 2, where we renew our mind by God's word. Because when we right. do that, we stay and meditate on, upon the word, then the thing right. that the spirit will give to us in our spirit, we will know in our minds, and that will enable us to make the decision. Just like Psalms one nineteen eleven says, Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I will not sin against thee. So we have to have that word here and that truth because the word it says in First okay. Corinthians fourteen is foolishness. It's foolishness mm-hmm. to the, the natural mind. So this mind, you see, before we can go anywhere, we have to be in the word and get this mind renewed. Meditate upon this word, hide this word in our heart that when we hear from the Spirit of God in our spirit, then we process it out of our mind. And then what we process right. out of our mind, we find an agreement or our soul's agreement with our spirit, then we'll walk it out right. in our flesh. But we have to yeah. prepare it. Yeah. I'll give you a prime example of things of the, uh, the world. People go to a service. People go to a service. Praising the Lord, giving Him glory and honor, all of a sudden their phone rings. First thing they do is they basically walk outside the building and answer that call. What do, you, what do you think about that, brother? Well, when a person does that, first of all, the phone should be turned off when they're in church. If they even take exactly. it in there, if they have to. And uh, they can have on vibrate, like if it's a doctor or somebody like that. But if you don't have a job or something that you're expecting, you could have an emergency call that you could call at any time, you really shouldn't take it with you. And uh, But if you do, fine, but have it turned off. And uh, the thing about it is, uh, you need to get into the spirit of the thing. Uh, it's almost like people going into a church and then they're talking about everything but the Lord, then all of a sudden they get in that worship and praise. And a lot of times that's just a outside the surface action. It's just an action. There's no heart exactly. behind it. It's almost like uh, it, they don't mean it in their heart. It, it, and how I equate that, it's like the seven mm-hmm. sons of Zebedee. They went through the motions to try to cast out a devil. But the devil didn't yep. know them. He said, we know Paul, we know, but who are you? You have to be yep. in that secret place, in that relationship. In fact, I'll give you two scriptures. In Psalms 91.9, it says, Because yep. thou hast made the Lord thy refuge, the tenth verse says, Therefore no plague will come near your dwelling. But because I've made the Lord my refuge, no plague comes down my dwelling. But if I didn't make the Lord my refuge, not a place that I visit when I'm in need or I want something, but I've made it where I live and I commit to that and do what he wants, then God says, I'll bless you. So many people are not putting their self into it. 
they are simply going through motions and claiming things, dancing around it without getting involved. In other words, Steve, you do my studying for me. I'll leave the preacher tell me what to do. I'll leave him tell me the answer to this. I just want to do my own thing, but I want the benefits of it. I want to be healthy. I want to have money. I want to be blessed. But, hey, I just don't want to. I don't have the time. I'd rather play golf or I'd rather do this, you see. And their heart's not in it. You've got to put your heart into how much you yeah. really want something. And commitment, that's called commitment, you know. You set your affection on things above and things not in the earth, it says in Colossians 3, mm. 2. And their affections aren't. Their affections aren't uh, there. Their affections aren't, well, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And when they mm-hmm. talk about what they talk about the most many times is what's on their heart. That's what they really are. I, I've been as a minister before minister of the gospel. I couldn't get the minister of the gospel really talking about the Lord very much. He'd be talking about everything but that. And he can say, I love the yeah. Lord, and in first place in my life. But when he can talk about everything but the Lord, that tells you something. You see, that's the acid test. So <coughs> people just do not, are not serious about it, you see. Nope. No. They're not serious. And you've got to be serious. You have to mean business, just like you want deliverance. People want deliverance. God will not deliver you from anything until you mean it 100%, until you turn away right. from it and say, I need it. I give it all to you. That's when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. But when you don't That's do right. that, he doesn't do it. That's why a lot of people say, this doesn't seem to work because they didn't mean business. You know, That's you've right. got to mean business. In this hour, more than I have ever known or seen, in my life, I'm seeing God. I mean, that's 52 years I've known the Lord, been in the ministry 50 years, you might as well say. Yeah. And I'm telling you, uh, brother, uh, what I'm seeing now in myself, it keeps me, God corrects me, he corrected me a couple of things a day, and he teaches me and corrected me. And, and I'm telling you, it's a glorious mm-hmm. thing, but I'm, I'm finding out what he expects. And, and let me tell you, it's no time to be playing game with God or straddling the fence, because he'll just let you go and the devil will take you out. I mean, that's mm-hmm. what's going to happen. People, these people are denying the power of God and denying miracles and things like that and not saying it's for today. The they're in a heap of trouble. They're going to fold up and blow away because unless you're empowered by God, you're not going to make it. In other words, I'm not okay. trying to set fear out there to people, but I am saying uh, you better make sure you're in that place with God, in that secret place of the Most High, following Him okay. under His arm. His protection because you can't protect yourself. You're nothing. The no. devil will tell you you're not no match for the devil in yourself, but the devil is no match for you in Jesus Christ. You have authority over him. You're the you're the giant there, you're the elephant there. But when it comes to you yourself, you're the mouse and he's the elephant. So we mm-hmm. need to stay in the ark of safety with Jesus Christ. Believe in His Word, and and uh, that's by the Spirit, hearing from the Spirit of God, asking Him to reveal Himself. Because I'll tell you something, folks. Uh, Apostle Roy and I will both tell you this: that if you just mean business with you or with Him, He will He will come to you. He'll reveal Himself to you. Well, you'll know, and you'll know, or you'll know that you know inside that hey, this is the Lord. He is real. I'm sensing something here. He comes to you. Don't you don't have to be a Bible scholar. You don't have to be in the business for many years. You just have to be serious about it. I re- received my first experience with the Lord, the baptism, the Holy Holy Ghost, speaking with tongues when I was less than a year in a faith. Now I knew less probably than mostly anybody listening tonight. But I just came to the place. I said, Lord. 
I'm not making it. I'm just failing. I said, I give it all to you. I give my cigarettes to you. I give everything to you. I give my life to you. Because I was ten and a half months saved. Knew I'd go to heaven if I died. But yet I was I was losing. I was losing everything. I was getting knocked around. So I, I said, Lord, I give it all to you and give me the power to live for you. And he baptized me in the Holy Ghost before I even knew what the experience was, knew about Pentecost. I knew nothing about nothing, folks. There wasn't nobody there. One year later, I found out the experience I had, and it was experience with God. So all you have to do is say, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired, Lord. I just give it all to you. And when you do that, if you mean business, he will come to you, and he will take over your life. He's waiting for it. He said in Psalms 46, I'm a very present help in time of need and time of trouble. That's when he is there. So you don't have to be smart. You don't have to be biblically educated. You don't have to be anything. You can know nothing as you're listening to us right now. But if you just say that and mean it, God will meet you. You see, that's the nice thing about God. You don't have to be a scholar. and You don't have to know all this. You need to learn and grow. Now, don't misunderstand me. But he'll meet you where you're at. He will teach you. He will teach you. He will send you people to help you. He'll take care of you. All you have to do is be serious with him. That's why that's what is so comforting to me because I don't have to rely on myself for anything as long as I'm serious with him. If I'm really serious with him, he's serious with me. But he says in James four, seven and eight, submit yourself to God, resist the devil and he'll flee from it. Then he says, Draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. Notice how he says that. Draw near to me and I will draw near to you. So you take that step towards him, open that door because the Holy Ghost is a gentleman. He never forces his way in. The devil forces his way in, but God doesn't. He's there, and he only comes for invitation. He knocks on the door. He knocks the door in your heart, and you can be under conviction about receiving Jesus tonight. You can be under conviction about, if you're backslidden, about coming back to him. You can be under the conviction that you have a, a bad habit. Maybe you do pornography. Maybe you do drugs. Maybe you're an alcoholic or something. In other words, you're convicted. You know, hey, I shouldn't be doing what I'm doing. But if you come to him and ask him for help, he will set you free from that. He will set you free. There's nothing that you're under right now that is too great for the power of God, that the power of God can't do it, you say. He's there for you. That's what's so beautiful about it. I can just say that with just simple words, and I'm making it sound simple because it really is. It really is because God's a real God. God is a loving God. He cares, you see. But this, this is what this is all about, you see. He'll free you up. You will know the truth, and the truth that you know will make you free. And that's what these programs are about, folks. We're, we're teaching on the, uh, the spirit and the soul and the body, and we're just giving you uh, teachings on that. But these other things, God is bringing these out. So I know there's some people tonight that need to hear what we're saying. That's why we say what we're saying. Sometimes we're on the topic, we go a little bit from it, but we, we're flowing uh, with that because this is what, what you all need to hear, folks. This is what it's about because people are hurting today. They need help, and that's why we're on here to see people help that are hurting and come to Christ. We know he can take care of We know we can't, but we know somebody can. That's Jesus Christ. Amen, bro. And I just want to say something, too, as uh, Brother Edward talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is not, is not the end. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is the beginning. 
It's the beginning. Because when you get back in the Holy Spirit, okay, when you get saved, you're a new creature in Christ, old things passed away, everything is new, amen? But when you get baptized in the Holy Spirit, everything changes. Yes, it everything does. Changes. You are more you you are more uh, assertive. You're more assertive. You're, you're more hungry. You're more hungry to, to be with the Lord and spend time with Him. You're you're also more uh, uh, like a uh, like an army. You know what I'm saying? Like that is my. Well, the Baptist, a lot of people say yeah, baptism in the Holy Spirit is is the end. No, the baptism in the Holy Spirit is the beginning. If you look at everyone else that got baptized in the Holy Spirit, you were never the same. That's why the enemy tries so hard, tongues of the devil, because he knows once you get baptized in the Holy Spirit. You're going to start taking ground from him. You're going to be on the offensive, and you're going to start taking ground from him. And you're going to start taking ground from him in your health, in your family. Amen? That's right. You're That's finance. what it's all about. And he knows that. So tonight, speak it out. If you are not with Brother Apostle Evans, speaking it out. If you are not baptized in the Holy Spirit, when Brother Edward is in the Holy Spirit, you need to make your change right now. Amen. 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 Go ahead, Brother Edward. The baptism of the Holy Spirit, folks. Uh, Roy, what uh, Apostle Roy was saying there, he was speaking mildly. What he said is, it's far beyond that around what happened in my life and that. And I related that, but he hit it right on the target. He hit the bullseye what he said. But it's so much more to make it more dynamic. I mean, everything broke for me when I had that experience. Everything, my life changed completely. I. That, that had a greater effect on me than coming to Jesus. My greatest experience was the baptism of the Holy Ghost. So don't misunderstand. You have to come to Jesus first because you don't come to Jesus, you're lost. So that's, that's the most important thing. I'm not, definitely not minimizing that. But that's a secondary work because if you know, to give you a little education on it, uh, and this is what you're talking about, the uh, the natural man. We're dealing with the three parts there, but this is talking about the soulish man, the spirit man, and the physical man right here. We're talking the thing that really affects all three of them. And what happens Amen. is Jesus said uh, these people were saved. You know, he said to tarry, which we don't have to tarry anymore, but the Holy Spirit didn't come to 10 days after Jesus went back to heaven. So he sent the, the Holy Spirit. And uh, anyhow, they had the terror, but now he wouldn't say it. He would just say receive. But he said, don't you go anywhere. I'm going to put it in my words, what, really what it was. He said, don't you go anywhere. Don't you do anything. I'm sending the Holy Spirit to you. He will empower you, but don't you go anywhere. You stay. And I'll tell you, folks, I'm going to say something today. It's a blunt statement. I've said it on TV. I've said it everywhere that I've ministered, and it's the truth. 
Uh, a person has no business out there at the pulpit unless they are baptized in the Holy Ghost because you don't have the power. He said, don't you do nothing until the Holy Ghost comes, you see. And that's what he's saying to us today. You need empowered before you get out there and do things. That's why there's so many people who are getting hurt. I know churches now, right. some of them are falling by the wayside into sin, homosexuality, and everything else like that because they have no empowerment. And that, that's why it is. I am convinced that's the reason because we need that power. And anyhow, what happens when you get that power, then you have the ability to work in the gifts of the Spirit, which was the ability of Jesus, and you have the ability right. to to give your will to the Lord that he can do the fruit of the Spirit through you. You see, it gives you, first of all, it opens your eyes to truth. It gives you a hunger for God and gives you a boldness and gives you a, a deeper understanding of things that uh, just like when you run into the fruit of the Holy Spirit, you can't walk in the fruits of the Spirit by yourself. Notice the fruits of the Spirit in Galatians 5, 22, 23, nine fruits. We have to choose just like love. Just like love, the word, that's one of the uh, fruit of the Holy Spirit. Okay, somebody does you wrong. Remember, they take money from you. They owe you money. They did you wrong. Okay, you don't want to love me. You'd rather punch them a lot of times, right? But it isn't how you feel like, oh, I'm angry. Boy, I just don't appreciate that type of attitude. But yet, you're not going for that itsy, lovey, huggy, kissy, kissy feeling. You're saying, Lord, I need to love that person. I'm going to love them, not because of what I'm feeling, but because you told me to. It's an act or an action. It's a, a determination to do it. So I choose to love so-and-so, even though they did me wrong. I forgive them, Lord. I ask you to forgive them, Lord, and I pray for them because they wouldn't do what they did if they knew you. So I, I pray for so-and-so. And when you do that, you choose to love. And you know what will happen when you choose to love somebody that's done you wrong, no matter how wrong they've done you? When you choose to love them and you pray for them, that's when the Holy Ghost power comes upon you the ability to do it, you see. You can't do it in your own strength. But God can't do it unless you give your will to him to do it, you see. So God can't right. do one thing. One thing he can't do is the will. But when you give him your will, then he can do it. You see, he purposely did that because it's up to us. It's up to you and I, all these things, like in the fruit of the Spirit. Are you going to love that person? Are you going to be faithful, faithfulness, you see? Things like that, you see. These are just two of the fruit of the Holy Spirit there. To be faithful, you might say, I don't feel like doing this. I just don't want to do this anymore. I'm just not going to do it. Well, hey, help me to be faithful, Lord. Help me to do the things I don't want to do because uh, that's what they call uh, uh, temperance. Temperance, another thing, is self-control. Self-control. We need to have control of ourselves because we can't be controlled by God if we can't control ourselves. It says in First Corinthians nine twenty-five that those who strive with the master must have temperance in all things. You say, which means self-control, another fruit of the spirit. So if you notice when you talk about temperance, love, faithfulness, I can't do that in myself in my own strength. I won't. I'm not able to do it. But when I choose to do it because God told me to do it, I know it's the right thing to do. He helps me do it, that when, I, when I'm faced with it, it comes into play, and then, wow, I got through that. Hey, Lord, did help me do this. I could never do that before. Praise God, I did. God, you are real. See, he enabled me to do it. He's the enabler, but you've got to give him your will and mean business. That's the fruit of the Spirit. Spirit. That's the character of Jesus. The gifts of the Spirit are the abilities of Jesus, the healing, the deliverance, knowing what the future was, 
all these things that Jesus did, not just in First Corinthians 12, verse 7 through 11. Now, that comes from the baptism of the Spirit, that enablement, because we need that in order to be enablement for us to walk in the fruit and to walk in the gifts of the Spirit the way Jesus did, because Jesus said in John 14, 12, the things that I do, so shall you do even greater. He was pertained to everything he did from the fruit to the gifts of the Spirit, all that he did, you see, because he was here as an example to us, conquering all things, teaching us all things, enabling us, calling us, and then going back to the right hand of the Father and saying, okay, children, I'm done. I showed you everything. It's up to you. That's what he would say. It's up to you. I did a series on that here a few weeks back, and I used many, many, many scriptures. But every scripture, and I know that wasn't all of them, but scriptures in the Bible, there's a part for us. is what God expects us in order for those scriptures to be fulfilled. And we have to do our part in them because we have to recognize that we're the hands of Jesus Christ. We're the feet of Jesus Christ now. We're to do these things, you know. And some people have a habit of talking about the generals of old and what happened of old or biblical characters. Now, I do. I admire them. I praise God for them. Great men, great women of God. I have great respect for them. But I want to tell you this. Stop putting your thoughts on what the Bible characters, stop putting your thoughts on people, the generals, and what were 30, 40, 50, or 100 years ago. Start thinking about you. You can be a general, see, because what are you? You see, these generals that became generals, they weren't thinking about somebody else. They were thinking about Jesus, and he brought them into great things that we have, these biblical characters, some mighty men, women of God in our days. But you see, they had to concentrate on Jesus themselves and direct, be directed by him, get into that word and believe him and make some of these decisions, you see. But you need to do that because uh, stop looking your eyes on others and think, well, hey, they have to do all their special. They can do it if they're a great man or they're a great woman of God. No, God has called you to greatness. Maybe he didn't call you to be a world-renowned preacher or teacher, but he's called you for something. And whatever that something is, he wants you to be the greatest something that you can be, what you're called to be. Be the greatest thing you can be in what God's called you to do. You're not in competition with somebody else. But you be, if you're a great janitor, if you're a great janitor, be a great janitor. If you're a great Sunday school teacher, a Sunday school teacher, be a great teacher. In other words, go to the top of what you can do for what you're called to do, not competitive with anybody else, but competitive with Jesus. How would Jesus do that? Just you and Jesus, you don't compare to what somebody else does. But match yourself up with Jesus in all that you're doing. And if you do that, what's going to happen is you're going to develop things that Jesus did. You're going to have that mind of Christ. You're going to walk in that mind of Christ because be his word. You're going to have the actions he did. Uh, you're going to do a work of excellence, you see. But don't focus on others because everybody points to point to somebody else and say, well, they're really smarter than me. They can do this. They have a better uh, look better than I do. They can do better. They've had a better education or what have you. But see yourself as a man and woman of God because we saw, and look what's happened in the scripture. In the, uh, the Peter, he was one of the least crude, educated men in the Bible, right? Paul was a very educated man. Those two were about the same in empowerment. Paul, it's true, he wrote most of the New Testament, but as far as power, Peter shot at him people. He was used mighty of God. He was a major man, but yet he was an uneducated. He was one of the most uneducated men in the Bible. 
but he was used the same way. So it doesn't depend how good you look, how much money you have, how much education you have, what side of the track, track you came from, the color of your skin, or whatever. It has nothing to do with it because God gave you the measure of faith, not a measure of faith, the measure that he gives everybody. He didn't give me any more faith than he gave you. He didn't say, well, Roy, you get uh, 10 measures of faith, Ed, you get 15, you get 20, and, you know. No, we give the same amount, but it's what up to us what we do with it. It's like learning to play the piano. The uh, piano teacher can give you the skills and all the basic knowledge you have, but you're not going to be a great piano player unless you become that, taking what you learn, the skills, and develop it yourself, you see. And that's what it boils down to. It's always on us. Everything is upon us. We have the helper of the Holy Ghost, but you and I have to initiate things. We have to think in things. We have to go with it. But so often we're lazy. We don't want to do those things. We don't want to take the time. We want this microwave-type thing. Everything's done immediately when we want it, you see. But uh, these are just some principles here, uh, as Brother Roy was saying, right here and things and what we're doing. And, and uh, these are things that we get a hold of because when you do that, you're going to find your life changing it's different than what it ever was. What do you think about and, that, Brother Roy? Well, you know, the thing about it is we are accepted. We are accepted in Christ. We didn't work our way through it. We didn't do anything to, to deserve it. He just accepted us. You should, and that should just make you uh, really joyful. You are accepted in Christ. Amen? Yeah, you should. Amen. Right, now, right now you should be, you know, praising the Lord. And thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that I'm accepted in Christ. Wow, that's powerful. It is. And you know another thing when it comes to the Lord. Another thing when it comes to the Lord, you know, I was thinking about the mind where it just hit my mind because we're on the the mind part right Mm -hmm. here and everything. We're talking about gears. It has to do with that. But you know in that Romans 12, 1 and 2, we're not to be conformed to this world, but uh, renewed by the renewing of our mind, not conformed, but transformed. And that means not be like the world, but we're transformed into something else, into right. Jesus, by the renewing of our minds, which is we do our minds by the Bible, the Word of God, by reading, studying, and meditating, and praying, you see. Right. It's a reasonable service. In other words, things that we're talking about here, folks, you might think, well, boy, that sounds like it's really up there, and that's just special people, you're apostles, you're this, you're that. No. That's a reasonable service for whosoever will, because completely take everything off the table, but just people with not titles. And we are all whosoever wills. The Bible works for whosoever will will work it. See, it's not whether you're an apostle, pastor, teacher, evangelist, whatever you are. That has nothing to do with it, and it has nothing to do with age either. It has to do with you taking the Bible and applying it to your life, and you'll get the same results. It works the same, just like I can hold a, a baseball in my hand, and I, if I hold it up and then I open my hand up, the law of gravity comes into play, it falls to the ground. Well, 
if I take the Word of God and apply it, it'll work for me by the law of God, just like it'll work for you, a law of God, because it has nothing to do with me. It has has to do with me applying that Word. It has you applying the Word also, you see. So it has nothing to do with individuals. It's just what we do with that, you see. So never consider that, hey, maybe I can't do this. I'm just a housewife, or I'm just a uh, gas station attendant, or I work in a fast food store or something like that. Never consider that. Because what you take to heart, God honors. So nobody's too big, nobody's too small, but everybody, God takes everybody into consideration from the least to the greatest, from the least to the greatest. So you're not just some little person that is insignificant and you're big famous people. Some of you people are famous people and I'm just a little old person here. I'm a little nobody. You're not a little nobody because we're all nobodies per se when you really want to get technical about it we're all human beings there isn't any greatness in people nobody's really great the only great one the only one is well in fact jesus wouldn't even accept being called good he says there's none good but the father he wouldn't even take yeah. the good calls what are we doing calling ourselves good or great you see what i mean now yeah take that into consideration there because too many people and you hit on i think a little while ago brother roy uh, about uh, people think low of themselves in a sense. Mm-hmm. No, we're all in a, in a level post there with God. You are special in Him. In fact, you're so special. If you were the only person alive on this earth, Jesus would have went through what He went through for the world. Mm-hmm. He went through hell and went to hell for us, you know. And He would have done that yeah. if he's just for you. So that's how much love he has, how much care and what he wants for you. And he says also he has a plan for your life. He has a plan for your life, you know. In Proverbs 20, or yeah, in Jeremiah 29, 11, he has a plan for you. And uh, it, it's, a, it's a special plan. He has a tailor-made calling on your life, whatever it is. He has something for you to do for everybody. Everybody has a calling on their life. We have different callings, that's true. Right. But he has something. He has something for me, it's something for Roy, he says something for everybody. So get out of the big me or big me and little you type situation or thought about people. That's the world's way of doing business there, and you can see where it's gotten the world. So think about we're all human beings, but whosoever will come to me. He said, he, how many times have you read whosoever in the Bible? A lot of times, whosoever. He doesn't specify, he doesn't say, well, pastor so-and-so do this. Apostle so-and-so do that, but it's whosoever will. Uh, the devil tries to do things like that and tell you you're insignificant. What do he care about you? These are special people. You're just a little nobody. He tries to intimidate people, you say. But don't you listen to that because it'll work for you like it did for me. Because like I told you, my experience before I was baptized in the Holy Ghost, I was down there like that. Uh, the Bible looked like a big book, and I said, how in the world can I learn that? My, oh, my, you know. And God brought me into that, and he taught me, and, well, here we're 52 years later. And it's, it's getting better and better, folks. This this, lay, this light started back around June. I'm talking June 71, and I had this experience, and we're talking about 51 years this past June, and it's getting better and better. It's, it's growing more and more. I'm going deeper and better. What our programs, I'm truly going deeper and better, more effective, touching more people. It's working in a greater way, and I believe Apostle Royal will say things like that, too. Because men and women of God that are serious about God and, and putting him first, it happens to everybody. 
Whosoever will. Yeah. If you mean business with God, he means business with you, you say. So we're talking about uh, what you do to get there because you're going to do in your body what you get from the Lord. In other words, he gives you through the Spirit, by the Spirit, then he puts it into your heart. When you get in that word, and then when you have it really in your heart, you'll be able to believe it. And he gives you the ability to do it, to say, not my will, but your will be done when you choose to do that. And then you're going to do it in your body. And you know what that means when you do it in your body? You're not going to just be a hearer of the word, but you're going to be a doer. Because if I'm a hearer of the word of God, but I don't do it, I'm deceiving myself, the Bible says. There's going to be a lot of people in hell with good intentions. They say, well, I was going to do this. But what's he saying, James 122? Be not only hearers but doers, or you deceive yourself. And uh, my wife and I were talking about this today, Apostle Roy. Uh, you know, there's a lot of people think because they, they go to church and they believe there's a Jesus, they believe there's a God, they be what their pastor says, they amen it, they pay tithe, they, they love God, they said, and they, you know, just in the realm of head knowledge of it. <laughs> and then they think when they go, they're ready to go. But I said, what about those people? I said, you know, when they, they could be in bed at night and they could go at nighttime. And wouldn't that be an awful thing to think you're ready and you're going and all of a sudden your eyes open up and you're in hell? I mean, that, that, I've thought about that thing. Would, can you imagine how many people you know have died in sleep? How many people just died, you know, like that? And they thought they were okay. So you're deceiving yourself. And how many people are, are actually, or that, there are many people. I believe there's more people dying like that than anything. It, think you're saved, a false salvation because of head knowledge instead of a heart knowledge because we have That's made it, right. run it down, watered it down so much. But we got to give them the truth by what it is. That's what God has me doing. You, how are you doing, Brother Roy? Uh, these things really give them the truth for what it is because, listen, we put this in our own lives too, folks. This isn't just something we take on the air here and talk to other people and just sound good. It's something we apply to our lives. It's a, it's a way. It's not a, even just an intimate relationship with the Lord. It's the way of life. It's an intimate relationship with the Lord. It, which is the only way of life that you're going to make it. You see, this is it. This is the only way that there can be that's going to take you to heaven. So we've got to make sure we're ready. And even Paul, the man of God that he was in Corinthians 9.27, he said, i got to bring myself under subjection. Otherwise, I can become a castaway after doing all I've done all these years. You know, that's a serious thinking right there. There was a mighty man of God, right? He said, i got to keep myself in this rejection. I don't get out from under this thing and mess myself up, you say. So we're talking serious things here, folks, and Jesus is coming soon. And the bottom line is, how long are we going to stay? Maybe we're going to go before Jesus returns because we don't know how many days we're going to be here on earth. That's one thing for sure. A lot of people say, well, he mightn't come for a long time, which is not true. It's going to be very shortly. But if it wasn't, do you know how long you're going to live? Are you ready to go, you say? And are you really living for God? Are you living an abundant life, a joyful life? Are you experiencing the things that God has for you and have needs of God? You just, this is why we're here. This is what we're about. And, and, uh, and I would really, uh, I would say to you now, is it's like Apostle Roy, you know, you can address this down here. Uh, we'll give you here before we sign off tonight our emails. 
And we have one also in the program right there. If you're on the website, you can write in the comment section down below. If you're on the computer doing it there, you can give us a, a contact us there because we'd be glad either one of us or both of us to contact you and minister to you because that's what we're here for, to help you to get hooked up with Jesus Christ, not to be hooked up with us, but to be hooked up with Jesus. That's what our responsibility is because we know when you're with Jesus that he's going to direct your pathway and it's going to be all right. But that's our, our, our situation there. That's why we're to hook you up with Jesus Christ. Amen. Never, never ever say that God cannot use you because I'll tell you something right now. That's a big lie. Because I we I had a testimony where we when we had the house church back in two thousand I think two thousand and three. Anyway, this gen this, this uh, gentleman in Raggy he came to the service, but he was a group home person. You know, I'm saying he's basically in a group home. Anyway, I remember we're downstairs. The Holy Spirit speaks to me, and he said, I want you to pray over Randy. I said, okay, Lord. So I did. All of a sudden, he started giving prophetic words to all the people, to a lot of the people that were in that house, in the house. And the words you gave were right on. Now here he is. He's on. Here he is on. Uh, you know, uh, you know, because he's your phone. He's on medication. Everything like that. That moment when he started praying, prophesying, prophesying over them people, the spirit of God moved. Very strong, and the people were amazed. People were amazed because a lot of what he said was from the Holy Spirit and was exactly what was going on in their lives. Now, we are. Significant in Christ. Amen. Every one of us is unique. Everyone you out there that you know you're you're born again, you are unique. You're significant in Christ, but you also are unique. There's only one of you. There's only one of you. There's only one Roy Winman. There's only one uh, Edward ever. Amen? Amen. And we have to realize, we have to realize that only, only, uh, only us, or only one, talking to everybody out there, can do, can be who God created to be, and can do what God called them to do. I can't do it. Edward can't do it. 
Only you can do it. And the bottom line is it says I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So don't think for one minute. Don't think for one minute that God has a plan, that God has a vision for your life. The Bible said without vision, people perish. Jesus, the Lord said, write the vision, make it plain. Amen? Because there's going to come a time where basically only you can do it. It's the help of the Holy Spirit. I can I can do things. I can do things. But then what the Lord has forever to do, I can't do that. And that's what's happening too much. Too much of basically of um, of the uh, people saying, I can't do that. Uh, um, I can't do that, Lord. Uh, you know, we'll have to give it to somebody else. He will not give it to somebody else. Let me jump in here a second, Brother Roy. Uh, The bottom line, what Brother Roy is saying here is be you. Be you. Don't try to be like so-and-so that you admire. You'd like to be this or like to be that. Be you. Be what God's called you to do. Don't try to ever duplicate or copy after anybody because you're an Mm -hmm. original. You're, You're not a duplicate. You're not duplicating things, okay? Now, as far as saying I can't do it, Take your eyes off your ability and your thoughts and get them on the Lord because it's like faith. A lot of people say, well, I wouldn't have faith for that. Well, you're not faith. Your faith is not in you. Your faith is in the one that can do it. It's supposed to be in God and in the name yes. of Jesus. You yeah. So see what you're called to do is God doing it. And you can go to the Father. Jesus said, come to the Father in my name, in the name of Jesus, and he will do it. He said, you ask him, he will do it. So you ask the Father that can do it in the name of Jesus who paid that price that you could come to the Father. And when you do that, he'll give the ability to do it. But the only time you say, I can't do it, is when you're relying on you, your ability, your strength. And naturally, I would say that too. I can't do this. I can't do that because what God calls us to do, we can't do. But he purposely does that because he wants us to call on him to do it through us. That way they know flesh and blood didn't do it, and they've shown that, hey, yes, there is a God. God did it. How else would he identify himself? But if he gave us things to do that we could all do, we wouldn't see God. We'd say, well, we're just a bunch of gifted, talented people. But whenever we start doing things that we can't do, we know we couldn't do it, no flesh and blood can do it, then who gets the credit for it, you see? That's how he distinguishes himself to people. We know I can't walk on water. Peter couldn't either until he was called to do it. And when he was called, he could do it because the power of God, you see. That defied nature. The law of gravity, the law of everything was defied there. But when God tells you to do something, see him as having everything you have need of to do it, making all the provisions, the ability, the favor, whatever it takes to get the job done. Because God calls you to do something. When he calls you to do it, he already sees it done. Everything is done. But you're starting from square A. But he's done, ended with Z, sees a complete deal. And all you have to do is follow him, and he'll take you 
A, B, C, D, on up to Z, then it'll be complete, you see. But he gives you the provisions. He never calls you for anything he doesn't provide for you to do with the people, the ability, the wisdom, the favor, whatever it takes to get the job done. He never calls you for something that he doesn't provide to do it. And he does it through you, you see. All you have to do is give him your, your will. That's what's so neat about this. You just give him your will. He tells you to do something. He leads you steps, and he puts the puzzle together. That's where our faith, our distrust in him comes in, you see. Yes, I'll do it, Lord. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do what you want me to do. And then when you say yes, you're going to see things happen in your life, and you're going to see that what we're talking about here becomes a reality. Then you'll do it again. Then you'll do it again, you see. That's how we get to know the Lord, and we grow in him and see that, hey, God is real. He actually can do these things through us. He's actually real. This is true, you see. He becomes real. And that's what we're we're uh, we're talking about here. But we're just saying to have your eyes upon you to do what follow him. In other words, you're not patterning after somebody else. You're patterning after Jesus. He's your example. He's the one you want to copy after. He's the one you want to be like, you see. No person. I don't care who that person is. No. There's characteristics of people I admire. Yes, there is. But I'm not trying to be like them. I just want to be more like Jesus, because if I'm more like Jesus, okay. I'm going to be perfect, you see. I'm He's perfection. No person's perfection, but Jesus perfected. But when you approach life like that, people, when you do that, God steps in the picture, because you're putting him in the picture, and you're crowding everything mm-hmm. else out, and you're centering on, Lord, you have something for me, and I know you're going to help me to assist you and the Lord, and that's the way God wants it. Amen. That's so true, bro. And another another uh, thing too is we are secure in Christ. Mhm. Amen. 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 We are secure in Christ. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Amen. Mm. Well, what does that mean? What does it mean that we're secure in Christ? Okay, to be secure in Christ, there again, I'm going to quote that scripture again. It said there, because you've made me your dwelling place, he said, no plague will come near your dwelling. That means you are safe from harm. That means you're provided for. That means you have something beyond yourself that no matter what you face in life, you can take it to daddy. You see, you can take it to him. That means that you have a being without limits. In other words, there's nothing that he cannot do. You're facing somebody that can do everything, and he's where willing to help you if you come to him in the name of his son, Jesus, and ask him. He said, if we ask anything, and there's a scripture in First John 5, uh, 14 and 15, if we ask anything uh, according to his will, now what's his will? His word. The Bible is his will, right? Okay. If I ask anything, according to the Bible, it's in that Bible, he hears me. And if he hears me, which I know he hears me, he has good hearing, perfect hearing, then I know that I have the petition I desired of him at the shorty. Only thing I have to do when I come to him, there's one thing that we have to do. Whatever we're asking yeah. for, what does it require of us? Always look at that scripture. But come with a pure heart, no unforgiveness, no hang-ups, no sin. The 
Bible says in Psalm 66, 18, if I regard iniquity in our heart, the, uh, God will not hear me. In other words, we have to have a pure heart and the motives for it. If I ask for money or ask for something special so I can be a hot shot and look good among the people to look my, make myself and my flesh look good, then that's wrong. You see, that's the wrong motive. That's praying amiss, like the Scripture says. But if you have the right attitude of what you're praying for, if you have sin out of your life, no unforgiveness, and then you simply believe that he hears you and you come in the name of his son. And one more thing, he says in Hebrews 4.16, we're to come boldly to the throne. We're not to just kind of scroll up there humbly. We go up there boldly because, hey, Lord, I come to you in the name of Jesus. He said to come to you. He said, come to me. You can obtain mercy and grace in time of need, Hebrews 4.16. So we're in time of need. So we come boldly because his son said to, and in time of need, you will find mercy and grace to me, he says, you see. So we need to go there and expect it because God takes pleasure in people boldly come. Like, well, didn't Jesus take pleasure in the, the centurion? Uh, the member of the centurion had yes. his one man was sick. And he asked him to come to the house. So he said, I'll go to the house. But yeah. he said, no. He said, I'm not worthy to go to the house. But he said, I'm a man of authority. I know you are. I tell them to come. They come. I tell them to go. They go. All you have to do is speak the word, and it's a done deal. Well, that was boldness, wasn't it? He was talking like a man with authority. And he said, I haven't found such a great faith in Israel. That's the kind of talk that you and I are to do, folks. That's how we're to talk. That's, That's right. how we're to be. We know you said something. Jesus, we know what you said in this Bible. Jesus, I'm going to talk like this. I'm going to be the centurion now. I would say, Jesus, hey, I know what your Bible says like this. All you have to do is say what you said in here. Hey, I believe it. It's done, Jesus. That's exactly what the centurion said, you see. That's how you really think of yourself being the centurion and think of Jesus saying, you know, what he said. And say, Jesus, you did all this writing in the book, or you told us all these things. So, hey, you said it, so, hey, that's good enough for me. If you said it, that's it. And you did say it, so, hey, I've got it. i got a right heart. I love you, Lord. I have a right heart with nature. I claim it's done. I thank you for it, Jesus, because you're as good as your word. You're a God that cannot lie, you say. We we have to approach things like that. You have to have a, uh, I guess the best way to say it would be like a vision and an understanding, like you were talking to God, that he can do everything and anything and uh, talk to him in that way. Because he likes somebody who talks with authority. See, that was the difference between him and the scribes and the Pharisees. He spoke with authority. That's right. And authority is yeah. knowing what you're talking about. I can be very bold and I can be very authoritative. I am. Because I know whom I believe, and I'm fully persuaded he's able to keep that which I've committed on the MSA. And, and and that's what it is. When you know you're God, you will become bold because you're not bold in yourself or some hot shot or some, some real tough guy type of attitude. No. What it is, you know the God you're serving is big enough to do that and much more. You know you're only scratching yeah. the surface. Because what does Ephesians 3.20 say? God abundantly able to do above all we ask or anything according yeah. to the power in us. It's all there again. We're back to that word. See, this has been uh, my talk, my wife's talk, the, the ten, what series I made on it's up to us because that, that's what it is. Everything in the Bible, and I don't think there'll be anything in the future that will top that because it's always up to us. I mean, how does it get different that, than that when God looks at us and say, folks, I've did all this for you. I've showed you I'm talking to you, and I'll do it, do it, do it. It's always going to be up to us. How, how do we go beyond being up to us? We don't. 
We have to do what we've yeah, heard, right. what we know, what he's doing. That's been the problem. We haven't done what we're supposed to do, folks. That's been it. And we have the answers here, but if we don't do it, uh, we can't expect it to work, you see, because the natural things are the same as spiritual things. Good example. I'll give you a great example. You want to be a strong man, muscle-bound guy, really look like these muscle-bound people, you got to go through a lot of pain, lifting weights and doing a lot of things to build yourself up. Yeah. Now, you want to be a strong spiritual man, powerful man of God, powerful woman of God, you have to go through challenges that come your way where you've got to use faith. You've got to be stressed. Mm-hmm. You've got to use faith. It's not easy. It's not pleasant, folks. It's not pleasant. But as soon as a little bit of hurt comes, a lot of people are ready to quit. They say, oh, I'm supposed to have everything nice. It's supposed to be huggy, huggy, kissy, kissy. It's not that way. If you read your Bible, I don't read it that way. I don't read it that way. I had a person recently talk about something that, uh, that uh, you know, we don't have to battle anymore. We just rest in that thing and no battle. That's wrong. We rest in the truth of the Word of God, but we still have warfare because the kingdom of God suffers violence. The violence takes it by force. And we take Amen. it by faith standing against our flesh, first of all. Self, like uh, Apostle Roy said, is our greatest enemy. Then the devil, and then, of course, people and the world and everything, but all the things that try to hinder us. In fact, in a nutshell, faith simply is making the Word of God a reality in our lives. That's all it is, making God's Word a reality of what we have, what we can do, what we're called to do, making it a reality, not just believing it or quoting it or saying, I know that, and this is God's Word. That's great, but it needs to be, is it, is it working for you? You see, is it working? Is the Word working in my life? Is it working in your life? Uh, are we applying in our lives and seeing the fruit from it? He did it, not just for us to quote it and be able to say it or preach it, but he did it so we can benefit from it and be partakers of it and receive the fruit of it because he's given us everything that, according to life and godliness in Second Peter uh, 1, verse 3 and 4, that uh, we can escape, it says, the uh, these things that have come against us, that we can not going to have to go through these horrible things. And he's given us a way out that we face things. We stand that word, and that conquers. That thing is done, destroys, or hurts, you say. He's given us protection. That's what the promises are for, to combat the things that come and the challenges that come against you and me in life, you say. And that's what it's all about. So uh, this is what we're talking about here, you know. Uh, you don't uh, boo-hoo and you don't quit and you don't get frustrated. You take God's word and apply it and stand upon it until the thing breaks. That's God's way of doing business. He says, be not weary and well-doing, for you will reap and do seed, and if you don't faint, uh, Galatians 6, 9. And a lot of people are fainting. But uh, he said, consider Jesus that suffered such great contradiction, lest you will faint in your own mind. So you have to consider what he went through, but know he had the victory. And because Jesus was victorious and an overcomer, I'm an overcomer. You see, I'm an overcomer because Jesus was, and I'm following him. And he's leading me so I can be an overcomer. He's leading Apostle Roy. He can be an overcomer. He's leading everybody to be an overcomer. You're an overcomer. You're a victor. You're not a victim. You're the head. You're not the tail. We've got to stop thinking this foolishness that we're a little nobody, we're to be poor, we're to be sick, and just crawl on the ground like an urchin. No, we're to be mighty, bold women and men of God. We're, we're to go out with a shout, not home with a moan. And that's what it is. A lot of people say, oh, come quickly, Lord, I'm about ready to be beat. Oh, come quickly. 
that is an attitude to have. He, he's coming for a church without wrinkle, without spot, you know. Isn't he coming without okay. wrinkle or spot? So that's telling me he must be coming pretty, for a pretty lively church. Don't want us crawling his knees and begging to come and say, oh, I can't okay. take it anymore, God. He said, Jesus would say, didn't I give you all those promises and then you were acting the way you are? Did, what did he say to the woman? Remember, remember Roy? Uh, the little woman was bent over for 18 years, and remember, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, said, remember what he said. He said, "Isn't this woman under Abraham is coming up? What's she doing, bent over?" He actually said that, That's didn't right. he? Remember, he said, yeah. "What would he say to us? We have a better covenant now with him." What would he say to other people who are sick now and talking this garbage? And say, what, "Aren't you under my covenant? Aren't you my child? What are you doing?" He would say yeah. that to us. I believe he would chew us out. I believe he would personally chew us out. I mean, I, I'm being honest with you because uh, he says, man, I've done this for you. It's there. Hey, if I went to the cross, if I was God and sent my son to the cross, if I was in that position, wouldn't you be perturbed at people doing what they're doing and making them none effect and, and not taking and taking making a part of their lives? I would. I guarantee I would. He literally bankrupted heaven with Jesus Christ. And when we don't accept those things, we're slapping him in the face. For our concern, right. we did it in vain. It meant nothing to us. It meant nothing. He went through hell and went to hell. Uh, we've, got to, right. we've got to be more serious about this, folks. I mean, uh, it looks like a bunch of spoiled brats, some of these people in the, uh, today. It makes me angry. I, I'm angry. I get angry about this thing. I know God is angry about it, folks, and uh, there's just no excuse for it, folks. Uh, I just, uh, excuse is just a lie from the devil, most excuses. It just lies. Very few excuses are worthy. It's just people lying to one another so they can sound good and look good playing games. And this, These days are coming to a halt very quickly because it's going to be exposed and it's going to be punished. You know? We've got to get our acts together. I mean, that's what God wants from us, you know, and he's got a lot for us, and we need to do this. I mean, we said this for years and years, but, uh, you know, unless we do this here, it's not going to benefit us all. It's, we're not going to be benefited from it. We're going to need to, uh, to do what he wants to do, just turn ourselves over to him and just allow him to have our lives and go by what the Bible says. Read that Bible. Do what the what he tells you to do. It's, it's not a complicated thing. It's only complicated when we try to get away from not doing it, make excuses, why not to talk our way out of it and justify ourselves of not doing it. But uh, be doers, not hearers only. Amen, 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 amen. And so, you know, so we're just going to throw this out there. So you, this, yeah. this, is your day. this is your day. This is your day to make a decision. Make a decision that you want all of Jesus. You don't want part of him, you want all of him. A lot of you out there, that's also are you saying good morning, Holy Spirit? When you get up, are you basically saying good morning, Holy Spirit? Another day you've made, I rejoice in it. Spirit, I want you to be, I want you to be in my life. 
I want to be able to hear your voice. I want to walk in discernment. So, Lord, I know what what your voice is, what my voice is, and what the enemy's voice is. That is all about going deeper and free in spirit, soul, and body. And as we do that, and that's what uh, uh, Paul and myself have been speaking about, but it's your choice. It's your choice. Think about the Lord. He will never force you to do nothing. But I believe tonight with my brother, with brother Edwin, that many of you are going to come into repentance. Second Chronicles seven forty says this: "To my people, who, who, in other words, if Roy or if Edward called by my name and humbled himself and prayed." And seek my face, says the Lord, and turn from their wicked ways. And I will hear from heaven to give to sin. Amen? Amen. Amen. Because the only one the only, the only one that we can blame but we are not where we are reading Jesus, no matter how many years we've been serving him, is us. And the reason, you know why? Because we haven't, we haven't had our eyes on Jesus. We've had our eyes on other things, material things, cars, trucks. It's time mm-hmm. to turn your eyes on Jesus. And as you do that, Look at you with wonderful face. That day that you have done that will never be the same. Will never, ever, ever be the same. In mighty name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, we're rolling along here, my brother Edward. Um, Yes. Amen. Well, listen, what do you say right now? We just lead him in a short prayer. Be safe. Because the Spirit of God was drawing on people to come to him. And like more than anything, it was the way the Spirit was leading this thing. I know from the beginning of this, it was leading people to come to him more than anything at all in this process. That was a drawing for people. It really was more probably than most nights we've had. And uh, let's say that... Prayer, lead them in that prayer, then we'll sign off, because I, I think we're done speaking. We it's, it's, we're going to say like Joshua twenty four fifteen says, mm-hmm. choose you this day, who are you going to serve? Remember in Joshua twenty four fifteen, choose Amen. you this day. The Bible says in Corinthians Second uh, Corinthians six two, behold, this is the day of salvation. This is the day. It's now. Uh, it's Amen. now. It might be never for some of you. You might be around after now. Who knows? 
but today is the day. If the Spirit is dealing with you now, if you know that, hey, I need to make a decision, uh, uh, we'll our pray uh, with you. We're going to pray the prayer of faith with it, of giving ourselves to you, to the Lord. And then we're going to leave it go at that. We're going to leave it go at that. We're going to sign off the program. But if you feel a tug in your heart, you know it's something you need to do. Do not say no, because it'll be easier yeah. to say no the next time. The next time be easier, and you'll come to a place that you won't be able to say yes, and then you'll be lost. So don't say no to God. That's the worst thing you can do, because your heart becomes harder, and you get to a place you're not able to say yes, okay? Mm-hmm. Let's leave it. Let's leave him in a prayer right now, Brother Roy, and let's sign off. I, yeah. I believe we need to do that. Okay? Go ahead, bro. You can lead him or I'll leave him up, whatever you want to do it. No, you, you can do it. Okay. 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 All right. Okay. This, uh, the words that I say, it's not so much with the words, it's what's in your heart. It's your heart speaking. Those words that uh, say mean nothing if you don't mean it in your heart, what we're going to say here, okay? I want to say a really simple prayer. It doesn't have to be a big prayer. It's a matter of just acknowledging the Lord, okay? You ready? Heavenly Father, I come before you now. I know that I'm a sinner. Either forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my sins, Lord. I want my life to turn around. I want to walk away from the life that I'm living now. And I want to come to you and I want to live for you. I believe that Jesus died for my sins. He was buried and he arose and he shed his blood for me. And all I have to do is ask him to come into my heart and save me and he will. So right now, I ask you to forgive me of my sins, come into my life, save me, in Jesus' name. I give myself to you. I want you to take over my life completely. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Fill me. Baptize me with your Holy Spirit. Empower me. Take over this minute in my life. I give it to you. Thank you, Lord. I thank you. And, Lord, I declare that I am saved now because I've asked you, I've meant it in my heart. And you said, upon the name of the Lord will be saved. I called upon you, according to Romans 10, 13. So, therefore, I believe that I'm saved. I thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I thank you. Now, I belong to you. Thank you, Lord. Amen. 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 That's all it's to it. You go back in your bedroom or any place you go where it's quiet and just talk to the Lord. If there's anything that you need to do, anything that you need to ask forgiveness for or or any changes in your life, pray. Just talk to him. Just talk to him. It's like you talk to a person, really. Just talk. It's not some special prayer or some uh, thing like that. It's just a matter of you talking your heart to him. That's what it's all about. This human talk to him in your heart. Just talk your heart to him and let him minister to you. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 That's what it's all about, folks. Have it. Because like the old saying, it's better felt than tell. Because you don't know it until you experience it. Then you say, why did I wait so long? That's right. Amen. 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 Well, brother, 
Queen Amen, my brother. Yes, Amen. it's a wonderful light tonight. Beautiful light tonight. Yeah. Thoroughly enjoyed it. And uh, I, I just know God was drawing on people. Tonight. I just know that more than anything, I felt the yeah. drawing. Didn't you? The same thing. You felt that drawing. He was just trying to convince people, hey, I'm here for you. That's what he was really okay. leading the conversation. We get into the other things somewhat, but uh, I never plan a service trying to go with what the title is because it's what God wants to do. That's uh, truly uh, the thing that God has been doing through me for now for a good period of time. I don't even know what it sounds like until I listen to it. I honestly do not. Right. I mean, I have never known in 50 years of preaching the way God speaks to me. It's almost like I want to give you the example of it. It's like the old howdy duty show or a puppeteer. The puppet's a dummy, and the puppet, you know, the puppeteer doesn't move the mouth or speak. And I feel like the puppet. Really, I, I'm going to be frank for what it's just like somebody speaking to me, which they are. And I believe that's happened like what you were saying, what I was saying. And, and God is just stepping in here because He wants to get the job done right. He knows right. what to say. We don't. He knows what to do. We don't. He knows how to do it. That's we right. don't. God has taken over. So just just obey God and watch what I do now. I encourage you to look on there on the on the line there, reaching out Radio International. You can see us on there. There's comments below as you just go to that now, that site. And any if you want to get a hold of us, you can get a hold of us through there. You know, we'll look at the comments and, and we'll we'll talk with you. We'll call you, you call us, whatever. We're here to serve you or help you along the way. Any way we can do, okay? And I know Evangelist Montel Fields is there also. She's the one that has this this, this network, and I know she'd be more than happy too because that's what she's all about, also. So uh, we're here for you. We just want you to know that you're not by yourself, okay? We love Amen. you all now. And just to let, and just to let you know that we're going to be on um, uh, on the second Tuesday yes, of, of second this month. Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Again, God willing. So, so until then, from um, Apostle Edward, Apostle Roy, we love, we are family, and we do love you. Amen. And, and we, Amen. when we come on to this, when we come on to this program. It has nothing to do with us, but it has all to do with the Holy Spirit. That's right. That's exactly right. So, my brother. Yes. I know it. I know the time's going there, and so you say hi to your wonderful, wonderful wife. Yes, I will she do, and likewise, your wonderful, beautiful wife. And everything. So you have a. Yes, or better halves. <laughs> Amen. Now yeah, we're we getting too close. Just, just real quick. Going deeper mm. in Jesus and three, husband, wife, Jesus. That's right. Yeah, he expected Jesus, then husband, and wife. <laughs> in that order, That's right? right? That's right. But yeah, you're right. Anyway. It's the three, the big three. He's right in the center there. He's the center of us. I'm one side. He's the center, and my wife's on the other side there. Because it wouldn't be, right, we right. wouldn't be saying. 55 years, it'll be 56 years next year. We turn 55 years of marriage, July the 8th, July the 8th, 
1967. So that, believe you me, we wouldn't be together if it wasn't for Jesus. I can promise you that. I'm much sure I'd be alive. Right. I really don't. You know, oh, yeah. I'm telling you, if we for God, my wife and I really would have been dead longer. We could have died so many times from accidents. Uh, yeah. In our family, uh, God has done so much by it. It's, it's beyond, I can't even, I'm not even going to try to talk about it because it's so far beyond. Uh, just, it blows my mind, so to speak. That's a bad way. That's a negative word that blow in your mind. But it just, yeah, it's I beyond know. my capability because he is so great. We can't. Imagine even we we're we're just nickels and dimes compared to what he really is at our best. That's because right, God right. is so great. He's so great. We're just beginning to see his greatness. We just we don't even hardly we see darkly, the Bible says. We see in the shadow darkly for what it really is, you know, for what who he really is. So we right. we all you know, learn a lot and see a lot of time goes on here and then especially uh, when we get to heaven, so and now according to Habakkuk uh, one five, uh, we wouldn't even believe it if he told us what he's going to do. So we're going to see it before we leave this earth, plus when we leave this earth. So we we have a great ride ahead of us. So uh, you talk about a motivational speaker. This is a, as motivational as it can get, because they were talking about God as a motivational speaker, his motivational word, because his mode, word is the motivator. The word of God motivates you, not any man, any word right. said. The word of God, what God said is a, is life and motivation in every area. So, Okay, my friend, well, I'm going to let you go, and we say goodnight to everybody, which we did. And we'll, we'll have to yeah. talk soon here. Now, we'll share her very much get together real soon. And it was a beautiful night. It was a great blessing. And I'm waiting to see some, here's some results for some people here. So Amen. please contact here on the line there or whatever we need to hear from you guys you know we're talking here just the two of us and we don't see you we don't know where you are or who you are we know there's many of you but we don't know who or where you are so please contact us and tell us that you're listening to us you're hearing us what god has done for you what have you we we need to hear from you because it blesses us we need blessed also like that you see and it gives god all the glory you say yeah we need to hear testimonies. We need to hear yes, testimonies. Look yes, what sir. the Lord has done. That's right. Amen. Amen. I'm going to sing that, and then I'm going to go. Uh, you know, I didn't tell you this, but I sang on on the revival program. Now, I'm actually this is about the third time in 50 Amen. years that I did it. You know that? Well, let me let me sing it go right here. It, this brother. is the first time I did it on radio. Look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done. He's hid my vibe. Oh, wait, 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 Look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done. He healed my body. He saved my mind. He saved me. It was just in time. Oh, I'm going to praise his name. His name is just the same. I'm going to praise him. Look what the Lord has done. Oh, Hallelujah. Glory to Amen, yeah, brother. I just mixed up a couple of words there, but I, I get that, but I'm, I can do better. I'm, uh, when I'm fresh, I'll do it more, so I'm going to practice more right there. But my wife told me, and also the people said it really sounded great the other day when I did it. I think it might, might even been greater than what it is now, but I don't know. So maybe that will be Amen. another ministry part with me there, huh? After all these years. Yeah, that's so wonderful. 
That's so wonderful. It is. Thank you better go. Okay, my friend. We will talk soon then. Okay, and give our love to Evelyn, and you guys have a blessed night. I think I'm going to go out and get a cup of coffee right now. I'll get you. Amen. Hey, Okay, love you now. And we say bye to everybody. And we say bye to everybody else. Yes, we'll see you in the second Tuesday of November. Amen. Love you all now. October. Second Tuesday of October. This is the second Tuesday of October. Be November. See, this is second Tuesday October. So we just did the second Tuesday. It'll be the second Tuesday of November, uh, which okay. is next month. Right? Yeah, the month is trying to find the fast to lose track of it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay, brother. Thank you, brother. Love Amen. you, too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.